Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach, so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. If you find that you can't keep your head upright, you may have craniocervical instability or dropped head syndrome. There are many things that can cause this problem, and you may have had other symptoms caused by it or related to this condition. So today we are diving into craniocervical instability and how to treat it with our experts, Dr. Malini Narayanan, the chair of the Department of Surgery at UM Capital Region Medical Center, and Dr. Fraser Henderson Sr., a physician at UM Capital Region Medical Center. Now, Dr. Narayanan, I'll start with you. What is craniocervical instability exactly in layman's terms? It's too much movement of the head respect to the neck that can cause a constellation of symptoms and signs. And Dr. Henderson, are there any other symptoms besides not being able to hold your head up, like vertigo or extra pain? Right, yes. There's relatively severe headache, often neck pain, nausea, vertigo, sometimes tinnitus ringing in the ears, unsteadiness, imbalance, weakness, and decreased sensation. There may also be sleep apnea and extreme fatigue. Gotcha. So, Dr. Narayanan, I mean, what causes this condition? Is it trauma, other diseases? What are we looking at? Yeah, I mean, in instances, you know, working at a major trauma center in the state of Maryland, we can see it with fractures and the ligament incompetence from the head to the neck from a acute trauma like a car accident, a fall, etc. But there's another large subset of patients who have ligament incompetency. The ligaments that connect the head to the neck are not working well, sometimes and oftentimes due to a connective tissue disorder. Okay. So Dr. Henderson, if it's not trauma, what age does this condition start to show up? Are there any signs we can look out for or ways we can prevent it from happening if we are one of those you know, ligament people? Well, it often may show up in the usually in the very early teen years, but the patients don't really recognize it as such. They just put up with a headache and the nausea and they they assume that it's normal. It's usually not until the late adolescence and early adulthood that these things are generally diagnosed. So the early signs are headache and nausea. Maybe a, a child that is very athletic and bright, but then very often for social occasions, they'll retire early or, or go to their room because they're having a bad headache or nausea. And um, there may be a decreased sense of visual periphery so that some of these patients tend to walk into people or door frames or furniture. They're just not seeing their periphery well. And there may be periods of blackout, you know, feeling of all the way from severe dizziness to presyncope where if they don't immediately sit down, they'll fall down or they may just simply black out faint. That's called syncope. So we see many patients with syncope or presyncope, and that's an indicator of incompetence of the ligaments that hold the cranium to the spine. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Dr. Narayanan, if this can come up as kind of, you know, nausea, headache, and kind of get pushed aside by patients. How is it diagnosed? 
Yeah, oftentimes patients may go to several doctors and specialists, both in the field of neurology and neurosurgery. It can often be the whole syndrome or symptomatology can start with a simple sporting accident or, you know, high impact sports, ballet, dancing, and they smolder along. Oftentimes, by the time we see the patient, they've been living with this condition for several years. Got you. Wow. Well, let's look towards the future and some positives, Dr. Henderson. What are the treatment options available? I'm sure it could be case dependent, but how do you treat something like this? First thing is to diagnose the problem and and to recognize that there may be an underlying connective tissue disorder such as Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome or hypermobility spectrum disorder. And these are not rare. These, we know many, many people, you know, in our own social circles with these issues. Second thing, restrict activity. Third thing, strengthening of the neck and maintenance of good posture. For more severe cases, they'll need a neck brace, physical therapy. And for the most severe cases, they'll need a fusion from the cranium to the upper spine. And as we wrap up here, Dr. Narayanan, can something like this be cured? Or if not, how can someone with craniocervical instability live their best life? Those are excellent questions. It's a dilemma that one lives with, but we can optimize their functionality. Many of these patients are very high functioning, as I said before, superb athletes, excellent at school, proficient and and talented in ballet. And the question is, how do we get a larger fraction of their life back from full disability? I think the key is earlier diagnosis. So when they have self-insight, then they can take the precautions of perhaps not engaging in activities with as much neck movement. And if not, later diagnosis, then placing in a collar, we see oftentimes immediate improvement in their functionality. And that crosses over to a fusion. Well, wrapping up here, Dr. Narayanan, is there anything else you'd like to add, let patients know about this condition? We are engaged at Metropolitan Neurosurgery Group under the leadership of Dr. Henderson and many other experts in this area into research and clinical research to really drill down, you know, the criteria and how we can make this condition better scientific research is also ongoing. And same question to you, Dr. Henderson. Any final thoughts? These connective tissue disorders are far more common than we ever realized. I went through my first 20 years of neurosurgery never making a single diagnosis of a connective tissue disorder or maybe an occasional Marfan syndrome, osteogenesis imperfecta, but the Ehlers-Danlos syndromes are an invisible disorder, and they're all around us. And these patients uh, suffer greatly. They go to many, many doctors who take one look at the patient. The patient has the appearance of good health, but they're suffering a great deal. And so there has to be greater awareness of EDS. And we're fortunate to have people like Miss America this year and last year, who has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And so the disorder is becoming more well-known. 
Well, we hope this podcast can be just another part of that awareness. Doctors, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us today and share this great information. This episode is sponsored by the University of Maryland Spine Network. Connected by the renowned University of Maryland School of Medicine, the UM Spine Network is home to the state's leading spine experts. With convenient locations throughout the state, UM Spine Network physicians collaborate to create comprehensive care plans for patients across the full spectrum of care. When you work with a UM Spine Network physician, you can expect to receive the high-quality, evidence-based care that you deserve. Find more shows just like this one at umms.org slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We look forward to you joining us again. Mm-hmm.